And we are back on Backseat Banter. We're joined with a very special guest today, Gus Farrote. Uh He was a former uh, NFL quarterback. Uh, he played for 15 years in the NFL. He had a Pro Bowl season. We're super excited to have you on. How's it going, fellas? It's going great. Uh, we're excited to have you on the show. Uh, we've been talking to you for a little bit now. And we, we've been doing our research, keeping up with your career. So we're excited to touch on on the highlights of it yeah well that'll go fast so hopefully we have something else to talk about <laughs> uh, don't say that you have quite a few highlights yourself I mean if, if we want to go off the one of the most famous ones what does the play 999 FC mean to you 999 so uh, you have to cut words out when you say that in the huddle, because if you say 999 <laughs> words, and usually in the West Coast system, the plays are long enough. So you want to cut out as much as you can. But 999 mm-hmm. FC is the 99 yarder that we threw uh, when I was playing for the Vikings against the Chicago Bears. Uh, so, um, you know, it's not a play that most coaches would call coming out of the end zone or on the one yard line coming out. So. Uh, when they called it, I was very surprised. I was kind of excited. I said, let's go get this, fellas. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to have maybe a seam because they were playing cover three and maybe a check down to Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they kind of cheated and was able to throw it over the top and uh, mm-hmm. ended up being all working out. You know, it only took 15 years to uh, try and get something like that. Yeah, especially after your team gets a goal line stand and you're basically like in the end zone, like in the half yard line. And they, they have the confidence to, to just let you uh, play your game and, and throw that ball. And your ability to read the defense there was incredible because they had that one guy who can either guard the tight end or the receiver. And you saw that, that your receiver had him beat. Yeah, you know, it was a, it's something that you kind of see when you watch film a lot that when teams are in cover three, certain teams will cheat so that the corner can play both. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of most quarterbacks are hesitant. I mean, I've been hesitant before to throw both to throw the seam or the, the outside ball. Mm-hmm. And we just let it rip. I had a fast guy out there in Bernard Varian and, you know, and peanut end up, you know, I tried to stare down the seam and then end up working out. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of my favorite plays ever out of 15 years. I mean, there's been so many, but I love that picture. If you got King, there's me throwing the ball, and then you can see the whole dome and everything behind it. It's a, it's just mm-hmm. a great picture. Is that something that you guys work on in practice, uh, in in case it ever becomes necessary to throw a play like that? Well, you work on it, but you work on um, all the throws, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you go through the week, you game plan. The coaches will game plan. Uh, the players will see what they like, what they don't like. And then you work on individual throws, right? So we knew we had a go route. Usually you work on go routes and kind of there's several different ways to throw them. You guys have heard the term back shoulder. You can throw those. Um, you can throw it over the top like that play was, or you can you can um, kind of give them a jump ball. Uh, so there's, there's different ways to throw the go route and you got to keep practicing those because if you don't, if you think that because you've thrown them, in training camp and you mm-hmm. automatically connect during a game that's not happening. You have to practice those things week in and week out. 
Exactly. I mean, it's also just the the moment in the game is so different than when it's happening in, in practice. In practice, there's no pressure to complete the throw like there is in the game. There's no uh, 30,000 people screaming at you uh, one way or the other. Um, but you said one of the options on that play was to um, throw it to Adrian Peterson. And he's one of the greatest running backs um, of all time. And you had him in his prime. Uh, would you say that's one of uh, the best teammates that you've ever played with? Yeah, Adrian was great. I mean, a hard worker, uh, just, you know, just one of the strongest humans I've ever seen. <laughs> just unbelievable. You know, we, we relied on Adrian a lot. Um, you know, I think that when he was younger, he worked really hard on his protections and how to, you know, be a great pass blocker. We all knew of his run game ability, um, his catching ability he worked on. When we played the Packers in Minnesota, uh, we were down going into the end of the game. And I told Adrian, I said, hey, I'm, you know, they're just dropping out and playing zone. I'm coming to you every play. And I think I threw it to him four straight times <laughs> and we end up scoring a touchdown with him. So, you know, he was just an incredible player. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Uh, you've seen his career. Anybody who can come back from having two you know, torn uh, ligaments in his knee, come back and play the game like he does. It's a testament to him. Um, and, you know, I just love him for the fact that he was a great teammate in the locker room as well. My kids were there all the time. I mean, I have kids. I'm, I'm you know, 38 years old at this point. He's probably 23. And, you know, my kids are probably seven and eight and they're running around a locker room and he wrestled with them every day. So uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun to, to see that and see, you know, when you get in the NFL, the amount of the, the difference between the guys, but it's still all the same. You have to play together together to be good. Yeah. So you mentioned Adrian Peterson as, as one of the best teammates you've played, but is, is there any other teammate that you look back at your career and stands out with whichever team it may be that you played on that you're like, wow, he was probably one of my best teammates. Well, you know, I played for seven teams. So mm -hmm. every team had a, you know, a different kind of guy that I got along with or I connected with. And, and uh, you know, no offense to, you know, as I got older, young guys, but, you know, I was, I was different. I had a, a family and kids and that was what I tried to spend my most, uh, most of my time with. And so I tried to kind of gravitate, I gravitated towards those guys that had a family and kids so that we knew that when we were out, we were just having fun. It was, you know, mm -hmm. It wasn't like when we were young and didn't have a family and kids. So um, I would say that everybody, usually I try to get along with. There weren't many guys that I didn't get along with. Um, and just every team, I just had a really good friend on. Uh, probably too many guys to sit here and go through mm -hmm. on every team. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my goal was, I, I always thought about this, was that if we have a good locker room, everyone gets along if we can do things to bring us together in the locker room then we can be a better team out in the field exactly um and it says something when you can be on like you said several different nfl teams and always kind of mesh with the locker room can you talk about that experience of traveling to different teams having to adjust to different locker rooms different coaching systems and uh also just meshing with new guys in the locker room well, if you think about it, it's no different than like if you leave high school, go to college, you leave college, mm -hmm. you go on to whatever your next thing is. You leave one job and go to the next. And there's people that have been there. There's new people coming in and you have to be able to sit down and converse with them and find out who they are, what they're about and kind of almost profile them in a way, because those are the people that you're going to be with for the next year um, and mm -hmm. hopefully longer. But, you know, your success is driven on how well your team does 
not how well you do. And so if your team is better, if they have confidence in you and they can trust you, no matter whether it's football or just your regular job, uh, things are going to get done better and hopefully you can stay around a lot longer. Yeah, so you mentioned a few teams also that you've played for. Any of those go back and, and you look at them and say, okay, I had the most fun playing here or are like they all equal on the same playing field? No, they definitely didn't all equal. I mean, okay. I had a lot of fun on and and most of the teams. You know, I I didn't have a great year when I played for Cincinnati. You know, there were a lot of things going on that uh, you know we moved there. I was going to be the starter, and it just turned and didn't go very well. Um, mm -hmm. So got out of that situation after a year. But most places I've played, I've had a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've tried to make good friendships, like we talked about before. And I just tried to enjoy myself while I was there. The hardest part for me was when I would go to a new team was being without my family, right? So mm -hmm. you instantly have a family when you go in that locker room uh, and you can take full advantage of that. But sometimes I had to go there in the off seasons and things and leave my family behind. So that was probably some of the hardest moments for me. Yeah, um, I can only imagine. And it's the travel of an NFL season in general, even when you are established in one spot, right, to have to go to different cities every other week and uh, leave your family. Did they travel with you um, in those games? Or Sometimes they, they would. Yeah, the only time that my family really traveled with me was if we were going home, our family were, were going to be mm -hmm. there at the game that we were going to. And the only other time was in 1999 when it was going to turn 2000. I don't know how old you guys were then, but, um, uh, you know, they said the world was going to end, you know, 2000 was going to be it and all this stuff. And so our teams actually, I was playing for the Vikings and I want to say, no, wait, I was playing for the Lions mm -hmm. and we flew to play the Vikings and they flew our family with us because, you know, it was everywhere. <laughs> you know the clock was going to turn yep. over mm -hmm. and everything was going to shut down it was going to be crazy and so that was one of the only times my whole family came with me yeah y2k i mean i was born in 99 sam was born in 2000 so mm -hmm. it, you you can tell right yeah so <laughs> you know and the crazy thing is is that um you don't get a lot of time when you for football uh you go on a saturday you go saturday night you eat dinner mm -hmm. you go to bed wake up in the morning go play a game right mm -hmm. so and then after the game, there's no time. You get right back on the plane. So um, even if your family does come, you don't get a lot of opportunity to see them um, mm -hmm. after the game because, you know, teams fly together. You got to go everywhere together. So that's kind of how it is. All right. I'm going to ask you about your Pro Bowl experience. Uh, you made it 96, but the game was played in 97. Um, you had a crazy year passing for 3,400 yards, which was sixth best in the NFL at the time. Uh, what was it like being in the locker room with some of these all-time great QBs? And, and what was the atmosphere of the Pro Bowl? Uh, you know, for the most part, it's pretty chill. Uh, you know, being in the locker room, and my locker was beside Barry Sanders, Ricky Waters, uh, those <laughs> guys. And, you know, for me, coming – Growing up in a small town in Pennsylvania, always loving football and seeing some of those guys that I got to ride the bus with. I mean, I rode the bus listening to Reggie White talk. Uh, you know, there were a lot of incredible players that year that were in the Pro Bowl. And you're in Hawaii, too. You know, it's, it's like, wow, this is amazing. I get to play football. I get to come to Hawaii. My family, my wife was there. So it was just an incredible experience. And um, just playing the game, you know, it's supposed to be kind of laid back. 
young guys like me take it very serious because mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. you know if you if you lose that point you make 10 if you win you make 20 grand so that's yeah. a big difference and that pays for you know a lot of stuff when you're young <laughs> mm -hmm. um bills that you're trying to pay uh so uh you know it was just a great experience. My first drop back pass of that game, I can remember Junior Seau blitzed and there was no blitzing and he hit me in the, right in the chops and sacked me and he <laughs> said, hey, welcome to the Pro Bowl. Was, you know, it's like, what? You know, it, there's no blitzing. Why are you doing that? You know, that guys don't even care. It's kind of laid back. But, uh, you know, what's funny, the game goes on and you're kind of saying, eh, no we're partying some were doing other things and then uh as it goes on and it's close at the end of the game mm -hmm. you can see the guys picking it up a little bit mm -hmm. right yeah uh, they were picking up they wanted to win they wanted to win that extra money so uh you know at the end of the day the money talks and guys want to pick it up and try to win it mm -hmm. and it is the most competitive league in the world uh, for football so all these guys they, everyone has a chip on their shoulders at some point right you can't get to the highest level if you didn't work uh, your tail off to get there and nobody likes losing even in a game that's seemingly this meaningless uh pro bowl game you, you, nobody likes losing especially when there's at least a little bit of something on the line right 10k is not a little bit yeah you know and, and, <laughs> and i think back to that game and you know at the end of the game we drove down to kick a field goal to win. And if we, you know, mm -hmm. we kind of do that. We're going to, we're going to win the game. And I've had a, I had through, I think two or three touchdowns that I had a chance to be MVP. You know, that's what they're telling me on the sideline. So I'm pretty excited. Kicker misses a field goal. The next play, Mark Brunel drops back, throws a, a wheel route to Marshall Falk, I think. And, you know, they go down and, and score. I think they go down drive it down inside the red zone and then score, kick a field goal to win the game. And so tides turned that fast. And I was like, what, what in the world just happened? Right? Because <laughs> there I'm playing with Chris Carter, um, Irving Fryer, some of the greats from back then. And Chris Carter calls, you know, you kind of kind of listen to the older guys. And he's like, okay, I'm going to run a pump against this corner, right? Where it's a slant and go. I said, okay. So I missed him the first time, right? I threw it over <laughs> his head. And he goes, how can you miss me? I was wide open. So a few <laughs> plays later, we call it again after first down and hit him for a touchdown. So wow. it was just a great experience getting to play with all those guys. And uh, there were a lot of people that I played with on the Washington football team that came over with me. I think we had seven people from that team go to the Pro Bowl that year. So it was a lot of fun. It was a big family affair. Yeah. So you, you said it, Washington football team. What were your thoughts when that name came out and the new brand essentially, because everybody was thinking of different other names and they came out with the basic football team. And are you still a fan uh, of the football team? Uh, I'll, I'll always, you know, the, as somebody said, you can call them the skins, which doesn't, doesn't you know what I mean? That's like mm -hmm. a nickname. So yeah, the skins always be close to my heart. I mean, they drafted me. I spent a lot of good years there. It's where I started my family in DC. So it always, I'll always be a fan of them. Um, you know, I think as far they were trying to figure out what names to call themselves and there probably wasn't a agreement on anything. Mm -hmm. And even the owner probably said, I don't like anything right now. We got to keep thinking of things, but I think they do need to change it because just saying the Washington football team is a mouthful. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to say that, right? It's just hard. And I don't know how you put that on a helmet. I don't know what you do. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they changed the name to. Um, I interviewed Matthew McConaughey on my um, 
podcast and we um, talked about because he's a he was he's a huge skins fan mm-hmm. right from mm-hmm. the time he was little and i i said how come dan snyder's never called you and asked for your input to name the team he goes, <laughs> tell me about it. why didn't he call me yet i was like yeah you have all these great insights he should call you to, to help name the team that which would be pretty cool but um I don't know what they're going to be called. There's been a lot of names, you know, it'd be kind of cool to call them something with the letter R because they can keep the R for their helmets mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. I, and the WFT is kind of a, an interesting tongue twister as well when, when you're referring to them in the abbreviation form, but it, yeah, I, I might be, this, I think this year, most people said WTF. So yeah, <laughs> I might and be a pretty, pretty good season, at least compared to how much uh, the expectations were coming into it. They were well, one win away there from being in the playoffs. Oh, they went yeah, to the I mean, if they would have had, oh, they I, were in the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah if they would have had solid quarterback play all year and had, you know, and and really, Dwayne Haskins would have came through like they hoped. I think they would have had, um, they would have been, they probably would have won the division a lot earlier. What are your but, thoughts on Chase Young being the number two overall pick and changing the culture of the franchise in just one season? Oh, he's amazing. I mean, he's a monster out there. You know, he just um, he can take over a game, and and you think about it, he's he's just inexperienced still. Mm-hmm. Wait till he learns all the ins and outs of how to play that defensive end position. Now he came from a school where they probably had some pretty darn good coaches at Ohio State. Um, but you know, once he learns the game, uh, he's already a leader. And uh, you know, as he gets older, people are going to listen to him. He's going to get set people straight because every team needs that guy that tells everybody, you know, that fall in line, this is what we got to do. We got to go, um, you know, do what we need to do to win this game. And I think Chase is already there because he's proven himself out in the field and that's what it takes mostly. Exactly. And you mentioned um, just a minute ago about the, the quarterback play in Washington, how Dwayne Haskins didn't quite pan out. And an interesting stat that we saw was, um, according to sportscasting.com, the average length of a QB's career is only three years, but you had 15 years in the NFL. Uh, so what does that one say about the way that you performed at the highest level for so long? And also, how did you keep your body and your mind uh, ready for that marathon? Uh, it is a grind. You know, when you see guys like Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees out there that played a long time, you see other quarterbacks that have played a long time. That's why when, when Chad Henney came in and, and, you know, he hadn't thrown a pass in how long, being the Chiefs backup, he hasn't ever thrown a playoff pass. Um, there's things that, you know, you got to give guys props for it. So you got to stay with it mentally all the time. You have to prepare like you're the starter. That seems cliche to say, but you really do because you just never know when your number is going to be called. And mm-hmm. if you don't go out and perform, you're probably not going to have another job, right? Because the <laughs> NFL is very finicky. If you don't perform, you don't do what you're supposed to do. There's not going to be a lot of people that have confidence to, to rehire you. And I think that, um, you know, just playing 15 years, you always have to, I mean, there were times, I wasn't one of those guys that to constantly, you know, ate kale and, and, you know, was completely shredded and ripped all the time. That just wasn't me. That's who, that's not who I was. After the season, I took some time off about a month and then we go back into the facility, start working out again. You know, it's kind of funny. Everybody's making fun of James Harden right now. And I'm like, Hey, I was like that, like going, you know, after one, one month off, you know, I'd look a little bit heavier, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, I don't know if you guys remember the Ryan Fitzpatrick dad bod pictures from mm-hmm. oh, years yeah. ago, you know, that's my buddy. And I used, I was texting him saying, Hey, that looks familiar. So, uh, 
you know, it's just, it's just something that you get going, you get going back into the season because from one season to the next is a long time and you do it year after year after year, you know, and getting in the weight room and doing everything to take care of your body for 25 years straight. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. You, you bring up Ryan Fitzpatrick because I was looking at both of your careers and, and I saw uh, similarities and being able to go into a new system and, and be not only a backup, but prepared to come in and, and play for that team. Um, you, you say you keep in touch with him, but how is your relationship with him? Uh, and do you guys see a similarity in your, your career paths? Oh, we, yeah, we're very similar. We are, yeah. we are so close. Like if he would have went back to another team that he had already played for, uh, instead of going to the Dolphins, which was a new team for him, mm-hmm. we would have been exactly the same. But he went to a new team, so it was his eighth team. He threw a touchdown for them. He broke my record of seven teams, you know, <laughs> throwing a touchdown pass for. But uh, Ryan and I are close. Uh, you know, he's busy, has seven kids, um, you know, and I love to think that I could call him anytime or he could call me and we could chat about stuff. But what an amazing career that guy's had. Um, you know, I, I feel like, hey, I, you know, I played for seven years. I learned all these different offenses. Here's a guy coming out of Harvard. And this dude's super smart, so I got to have some smarts. I got to be kind of comparable to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you know, you know, magic just doesn't fit in my name anywhere. I mean, you guys, you obviously had a, a pretty cool career, and you've played on on cool teams. He he did too, uh, but yeah, you you went back to play uh, your second stint with Minnesota. He went to a different team. That's the only thing I was able to see different as well. Uh, but the different team he went to is one that you got to first. You were the starting quarterback for the Dolphins before well, he ever had a chance. To. I am a lot older than him. So, <laughs> you know, he was when I met Ryan. He was going into his second year in the NFL, and um, you know, I pulled a lot of pranks on him. I messed with him a lot. We became <laughs> good friends, and and uh, he's he's just an incredible player. I mean. To see what, if you look at some of his stats and what he's done in the NFL team after team, I don't know why some of those teams never kept him. It's just beyond me because the guy has just played incredible. You see what what passion and style he brings to the game and the fans mm-hmm. and the players love it. And it's just kind of once you're labeled a journeyman, that's mm-hmm. kind of what your label is and you get one chance. And if you make a mistake, then you're off to a new team. Uh you want to touch light on, on those pranks that you were talking about a little? What was um, the culture around that? And were you pranked a lot or did you do the pranking? There you go. Sorry, I lost you. So what are, what was the culture around the pranks and things? Yeah. And did you do the pranking or were oh, you? Yeah, I, I always did it. Okay. I always did it. I loved it. Um, that was part of who I was in the locker room. I love pranking guys and, and you know, nothing crazy. You know, I, I wasn't one of those guys who was going to steal your car keys and put your car on blocks and you know, act like somebody <laughs> stole it. Right. So um, I played more pranks on the individuals in the locker room. Um, I've done it to coaches. I've done it to players. Uh, Ryan was, was just a great sport. And sometimes you pull a prank on somebody and they get really upset and don't talk mm-hmm. to you. So you're like, Ooh, better not do that anymore. You know, and sometimes they get mad and pull one back on you. So I've done that to Morton Anderson. So, uh, you know, Ryan was just awesome. I, I think my favorite, I've done a few things to him. Um, and we kind of laugh now, but it were, you know, he's like, this is my career you're messing with. And then it was uh preseason and he wore size 36 pants and every preseason game, I took him down 
one size, but I kept <laughs> all the writing in them the same, right? The same size, everything looked the same. Mm -hmm. And he just kept going, man, these pants are getting tight. And Mark Bolger and I were just like, man, these things, you look, what are you doing, Ryan? What have you been eating? He goes, nothing, you know? And so it's just kind of funny. And the last game, I think he was down to like a 30 and he's squeezing into them. <laughs> oh my God. He actually has to play in those. And um, luckily everything worked out for him and he's had a great career. But um, those are just some of the things that I always did to people. Um, it was just fun. And maybe some people didn't like it, but uh when you're with the same family all the time and you're with um, mm -hmm. guys who come from different backgrounds, I think some of that stuff is great to break the ice. Yeah. And do you see that now happening? Uh, for example, uh, just sticking on Ryan Fitzpatrick, like in the Dolphins locker room with him, uh, taking some of the lessons that you, you taught him in, the, in that locker room and uh, bringing it to Tua. I don't know if he's kind of the same prankster I was, but I will say this about Ryan. He's got a, a great personality he's got a tremendous sense of humor and he's just a funny all-around guy so he might not pull the pranks like i did but i know that he can laugh with you he can sit there and you guys can have a good time and and uh you know he's going to get along with everybody and i think just sometimes just breaking on breaking the ice with people getting to know them on a deeper level helps you uh let them trust you a little bit more mm -hmm. and really um you want to go play for each other out in the football field all right, I got to ask you this because it's probably the first thing that, that you, you Google Gus Perot and, and you see this. Uh, my favorite quote from you uh, after doing a bunch of research was, got to make the news somehow, I guess. Right. You remember that quote? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's everywhere, right? You know, mm -hmm. you play a game, you're playing against a giant, you're in front of, I don't know how many people were watching that game, 25 million or something. It was a big game. And that's when the NFC East was good. <laughs> right, we, it was good competition, and uh, you know, uh, whatever happened happened, and uh, you know, you got to kind of deal with it. So a lot of times, humor gets you through those types of things because all of a sudden you're facing the most adversity you've ever had in your life, and how do you deal with those things, right? Um, you know, I had a great support system from my family and wife and kids, mm -hmm. um, and the people around me. Um, maybe the organization wasn't very happy because that happened. But like I tell my kids, you know, I'll be on ESPN forever. Yeah. Who else can say that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, like, obviously you suffered an injury to it, but it was a pretty cool celebration. I mean, you get hyped after a, a touchdown. Like, you, you don't know what's the well, adrenaline. I would say if it was only been like a five foot wall, I'd have been fine. You know, <laughs> it was a 10 foot wall. So, so uh, you know, things happened. Luckily, it was padded and, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, you move on, you know, stuff happens and you move on and you can't let things bring you down. And I mean, that, that probably, you know, I've known a lot of people that made mistakes in their lives and, and let it ruin what they're doing. And I really tried not to let that happen. Yeah, clearly. I mean, you went on to play one of like the longest careers in, in football history. There's like only a, a few guys who can play 15 years in the NFL and you I mean, yeah, the media took it to a whole nother level and, and the adversity that came out of that. Uh, but I mean, it's the way I saw it, it's just a celebration and an injury and, and another bump in the road and you climb it and that's not. Uh, the way I look at it too, there's been a lot worse things that have happened in the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's not that bad. You know, nobody got hurt except me and really wasn't that hurt. I got a stinger. Um, you know, the only bad part was it was in front of so many people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And we, we all know how quickly 
uh, things travel in the media. I mean, back then, uh, different story. I, I wasn't. Oh yeah, could you imagine social media now? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we see it happen all the time. They, they, I mean, Patrick Mahomes takes a hit and and looks like he got knocked out, like uh, by a by a knockout punch, and he's wobbling on the football mm-hmm. field. And there's memes already all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, it doesn't matter who you are people are going to go after you and make fun of you and you got to be able to stand up and laugh about it and move on. Yeah. And you talked about overcoming adversity and there, there's another moment in your career going all the way back to college. Uh, you started uh, school as a redshirt freshman and you went on to be the second leading passer in that school's history. Uh, so your whole career from day one seems like it's been about overcoming adversity and then proving everybody wrong. Uh, can you talk about that for a little bit? The the way you kept that mindset for so long and just kept improving at your game and uh, always surpassing a- a- anyone's doubts? Well, I think it starts when you're a kid, right? I, I started mm-hmm. as a kid in eighth grade. Uh, went out, played football, didn't want to play. My dad made me go out. He bought me new cleats. First practice, I break my foot. I just injured it, right? That's what I thought. I just injured it. And he goes, well, I just bought these brand new cleats, so it's not like you're not going to play, right? You're going to go out there and play, so just tie your shoe tighter. So to do that, after the season, go to the doctor, find out my foot was actually broken the whole time, so play for four months with a broken foot. And you get through it, and it makes you tougher in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, The next year, ninth grade, tackle somebody with my head down, uh, fracture the fourth vertebrae in my neck, right? Wear a neck brace for two years, well, for nine months, and, uh, uh, you know, have to deal with that, have to deal with the ridicule, all the stuff that you go through in high school, um, and, you know, paid some people back over time, but, you know, (laughs) you have to deal with all this stuff. It only makes you stronger. You have to, and then I go to high school, and we run the wing T offense. We, I probably threw the ball 40 times my whole career in high school. Mm-hmm. I go to Tulsa. I get recruited, lucky enough to get a scholarship. I go to Tulsa. My first game, I think we threw it 45 times. So there's a kid who was big and strong and whatever, and Tulsa took him and molded him into a quarterback um, that could throw the ball, which it could. You just need some fine tuning. And then just, you know, all the time, just working hard, never giving up, and nothing was ever going to keep you down. And, uh, and the other part was, you know, I didn't take a lot of things too personal. I tried to let a lot of stuff kind of roll mm-hmm. off my back like a mm-hmm. duck would. And, uh, and that's kind of helped me get through it all. Uh, you know, there, there's plenty of things that have happened to me in college where I didn't know if I was going to finish the year or whatever, get injuries, you come back, you work through it. Um, I mean, it, it's just crazy how that works. And then you get to the NFL and there's a kid drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. And you're the seventh rounder and you're saying, okay, I don't know if I'll ever make this team. And then the opportunity comes along that he doesn't show up for training camp. And then you get all his reps and the rest is history. So <laughs> it's just a, a matter of uh, wow. continue to work. And when you get the opportunities, you have to make the most of them. Yeah. You definitely built a, a proper work ethic at a young age. I mean, playing with a broken foot and, and just tightening the cleat, uh, tightening the cleat is a crazy story. And being able to to go on from from not even throwing the ball um, much in high school to playing in college, getting all those reps, it's it's an incredible story. Um, you've been a journeyman not only in the NFL but throughout your life. You've you've been to several milestones that I I for one look at it and I'm like, okay, this is some serious stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean, what what have you been? 
doing since you retired, uh, since you've been out of the league and, and what does life look like after that? Well, that's a great question because a lot of people try to figure that out, right? It's taken me, I'm still, <laughs> part of me is still trying to figure all that out because you're so ingrained in it. And I did the same thing for 25 years straight. <laughs> and then when I retire in 08, I'm 38 years old. I got a long life and I got to figure out what the heck to do next. So I did a little bit of coaching, coached high school, was able to coach Ezekiel Elliott and Foye Lucan oh, um, wow. in high school. Uh, so then we leave St. Louis. I moved from that high school back to Pittsburgh. Uh, I coached at Pittsburgh Central Catholic for a little bit, which is a good school here in Pittsburgh, where Dan Marino went, which you guys probably know. And um, there you go. <laughs> and so just being back here in Pittsburgh, I wanted to do something else. So I started um, working with a buddy of mine in brain health, uh, and he created a, a technology that measures and monitors your brain performance. It's called uh, the Roberto app. It's pretty cool stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And then after a few years, you know, it was kind of a startup. I wanted to move on from that. And then I started my own podcast and, and now I'm working on trying to build a new company that uh, will, will certify coaches to coach football. Uh, we are the only country right now that you don't have to be a certified coach to work with children. Um, so I think it's important. I don't know if you mm -hmm. guys saw a few head right um you have to learn you have to be educated on how to deal with kids how to deal with mm -hmm. parents and how to coach in the correct way so that you get the most out of your players and so i think that's what i want to um i'm really looking forward to in the future and plus you know the podcast takes up a lot of time mm -hmm. it's, as you guys know it's a lot of work mm -hmm. um uh you know you got to build your website you got to do all these different things so huddle up with gus has been a crazy uh journey for me it's been great to connect with old friends and new people. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Huddle Up with Gus. Where can people find you? Talk about your website a little bit um, so our viewers can go check you out. Yeah. So huddleupwithgus.com is our website. Um, you can find me on social media at Huddle Up with Gus or just at Gus Farratt. Uh, don't try to make it too tricky. It's pretty simple, kind of like me. And, uh, you know, just going on the website, you can go there. You can find all of our episodes. I'm terrible at technology. I wish I had you guys the skills. I could make it even better on the website. I try to get some interns um, to help me out, but um, you know, hopefully, you know, it takes a while. Podcasts just don't kind of come into play. You got to get followers. You got to get people to like and subscribe and do all those things. So that's been a crazy mm -hmm. journey. But uh, yeah, you can go to my website, huddleupwithgus.com. You can find I have clothing on there. I have a storefront. Uh, I have you know, all the episodes and, and uh, I'm still trying to learn how to put all my shows. Like when you guys would send me the link to this, how do I put it on Wix? So I'm still trying to figure that I'll, out. I'll help you out with that a little bit. And, <laughs> and who knows, maybe in the future we can hop on your show and talk some football or whatever you'd like. Um, oh was, yeah. I'd grill you with some good questions. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I'm excited for that. Um, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, we, we talked about a lot of your career and, and some things going on currently in the NFL, but um, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Hey guys, I appreciate it. Good luck with everything. And uh, you know, I hope your uh, backseat banner podcast takes off for you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so um, much. If you guys are listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave a rating. If you are listening on YouTube, please consider liking and subscribing. This has been backseat banter. Thank you guys so much for listening.